Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. championship week right here on the tiger woods show on the believe podcast network the number one podcast network for professionals cam rogers coming at you i'm alongside bridget whalen we thank you for tuning into this very program full coverage of the 149th open championship coming your way follow me on twitter at Mr. Rogers 99 and on Instagram at Mr. Rogers 98. You can follow Bridget at Bridget K. Whalen. Plenty of storylines to tackle this week. Bryson Golf versus Lynx Golf. Brooks Kepka, can he capture yet another major championship? How about Rory McElroy coming off a missed cut at Portrush back in 2019? Can he get it done this week? Shane Lowry the two-year defending champion, finally giving back his claret jug yesterday. He will be in the field this week, of course. Phil Mickelson, recent major champion, in the field as well. So plenty of storylines to hit on, and we will tackle all of that right here on the Tiger Woods show. By the way, some interesting COVID protocols this week. We can tackle a little bit of that as well. But first, a shout out to our friends at Bet Online. July is underway and it's a great month for sports. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you can find it. From the NBA and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, Bet Online has all of the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or tee shots, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bridget Whalen, welcome into the show, the Open Championship this week. It's the final major of this super season, six majors in one year. Super season. I like it. Yeah. Lots of majors. Love it. I don't know if I, um, I really don't, I guess. Yeah. Sit. Okay. Cause the masters was late. I was like, how does, how does that work? Yeah. The US Open part one. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Didn't really think about it like that. I felt like the U S open was so strange that it, felt like it it didn't it like just had happened I think even Bryson alluded to it he's like I didn't even get a full year with the trophy Hmm. um but the Masters was even tighter so uh so there's that but yeah super season this is my favorite week of the year I love coffee golf um I love I I mean I love St. Andrews I know we're not at St. Andrews this year but the open is just kind of what takes the cake for me The oldest major championship, of course, and rich in history this week, of course. It's at Royal St. George's, par 70. I wouldn't say it's the favorite amongst the players, Bridget, especially just reading the quotes out there. I mean, typically players are pretty complimentary about a major championship venue, but a lot of them have been saying how you can get lucky, unlucky off the tee or even lucky off the tee. If it's a bad shot, could be a good shot. If it's a good shot, could be a bad shot. 
And maybe that's why we've had these random winners here at St. George's. Darren Clark back in 2011. Ben Curtis out of nowhere back in 2003. Two huge long shots. But then you have people like three-time Open champion Gary Player calling it the easiest course course in the Open Championship rotation. So it's like something's going to give this week. Obviously, it always comes down to the wind. That's the biggest defense of these Lynx-style courses. But it is interesting to sort of see the players talk about what St. George's provides. And a lot of times it's a lot of volatility. Yeah. I was reading about the last two winners um, being Darren Clark in 2011 and then Ben Curtis in 2003. And they just came out of the blue. Like I read this article about like, they really were the epitome of long shots. Um, I think it said, I think Ben Curtis was like 400th in the world or something, or like something like 390 something in the world. <laughs> you're just something like, wild, yeah. you're like, why, why was he in the field? <laughs> um, but like to pull off such like a stunning upset, like it, it's pretty cool. And he, I believe um, he was, was that like his first, that was his first British open, correct? correct. I yeah. Yes. So like a rookie, Sorry, I just said British Open, Lord, sacrilegious. The Open. Um, but we are, we're in England. So can we say the British Open this year? Is you know that what? Right? I'm going to say it accidentally, I'm sure. So okay. I, I feel need like you could it. say it this year. If uh, you want SEO value, you say British Open. Just say <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, so I read, I literally went down like the rabbit hole of Ben Curtis. And and he was basically saying like, you know, I, I just want to make the cut and uh, and get to compete on the weekend, like, Obviously, he didn't think he was going to have the best weekend of his life out there. So that was a pretty cool story. Um, the thing I so I've heard the chatter. It's not as beloved as obviously, obviously St. Andrews. But like, what is as beloved as St. Andrews? You know, yeah, that's I, a I don't even comparison. Right. I, I don't even know if I know everyone loves Augusta so much, but. Like from, I, I don't know. I've never been to Augusta. So maybe I'm like speaking out of term here, but. The mystique of St. Andrews is just unmatched, in my opinion. It's the home of golf. It's, it just, it like visually, it, it gives you goose skin. It's just like that place that everyone wants to go to see in person, um, stand on the Swilkin Bridge. Like the whole thing is just the mystique of St. Andrews is, is not comparable, in my opinion. So I, I understand like, yeah, the Rhoda, you got to play the Open at other courses. That's what it is. That's how it is. I know Brooks, he spoke out um, about how he's not really a fan of this course, which I think is interesting. I think that that's like a great Brooks tactic. It's like, yeah, you know, I don't like the course. It's not really like my favorite. I like St. Andrews. I, I think he mentioned Carnoustie. Um Maybe not. He mentioned some other course. You know, I like those better. And then it's like, okay, so like if you win on a course that doesn't suit your eye or that you don't like, is that like a, a more surmountable feat? Like, I don't, are you trying to like tee it up? Like, I don't even like it here. And like, I still may win. Like, I don't know that, that I always think is kind of what, like, that's something I don't really need to know. Well, you know, in the end, it's still a golf course. And we're right. talking about a professional golfer who is paid to play golf. So it's <laughs> right. like, you know, you can win anywhere in theory, right? Grayson won at Wingfoot and nobody thought he would. Absolutely not. I, I think, well, I also think that that's a little bit of the media's fault on, they sort of promote Bryson as this 
only he's only a driver, right? Like he just bombs it and that's all he does. But he really does have a well-rounded game. And and I think that was on display at Wingfoot. But I totally agree with you um, that he wasn't on people's radar for that. My thing is like at a course like this, which I'm not so familiar to, um, I sort of, that gets me like more excited. And I think like maybe as a player, I understand, oh, like if you've never seen the course, okay, like maybe- it's a little, a little intimidating, but I would just like to say to those players, look at recent history who won, you know, maybe that's going to bode well for you this week. Looking at the open championship rotation rankings via Bob Herrig of ESPN. He has obviously St. Andrews at number one, and you have to go down all the way to number eight out of nine to find Royal St. George's. So for some reason, the English courses don't really rank well amongst the players, but look, it's going to be a fun week of golf. Like I said, this is a very unpredictable golf course. You get weird bounces. And a lot of times luck will be a factor this week, which means we could have a very interesting leaderboard come Sunday afternoon. Spectators, by the way, will be capped at 32,000 per day. That's about 80% capacity. And Bridget, I'm sure you heard about all of these strict COVID-19 prevention tactics this this week. Obviously, the players have to stay within their own bubble. They can either stay in a hotel or somewhere else with only three other people. You can't go to the pubs. You can't go to grocery stores. Social distancing rules are in place. So there's been some complaints out there, i.e. from Ricky Fowler, about these policies. But it's for a week and then you move on but yeah it is a little discouraging to see that players can't you know chill at a pub or something yeah i i mean across the pond things are different right um even in at tory pines we were still under pretty strict protocol uh until middle of the week when things got lifted so it's not so different not so vastly different obviously that's that's a gross comparison since players were allowed to have their entourage come with them to the U S open. My thing is it's like, let's just all be grateful that it's back. You know, we haven't had this championship in two years. That's two, two years, too many, in my opinion. And if, if this is the way we have to do it, so be it. I know that the live from crew is, is here um, in this. Right. So like they didn't even get to travel over and, and that's like a huge deal. Right. Um, so that, that really made the point for me when I was like, Oh wow. Okay. So they're, they're staying put here. Like, sure. Like these, you know, these protocols are definitely, uh, high. Um, but yeah, I think for the players, those are like such, and again, maybe this is, this is just my opinion. I feel like those are such small little things that, they really don't have that large of an effect on each player's game. I think that when you're a competitive and a professional golfer, you could just like adapt to what you have to do, get the job done, focus on your work. You know, most of the players are going to the course, to the gym and home anyway. It's not like they're looking to to go out to a pub or, or go out and do other things and focus on the task at hand. This is a major championship week. So I understand it's a little inconvenient to maybe not have your, your wife or your girlfriend or your chef or, or your trainer or whatever, the, your periphery team there. But I think that that's, um, at least in my opinion, a small price to pay to, to get back to the open. 
Yep, I think the main point of contention was that the spectators could do what they please, but the PGA sure. Tour golfers could not. But you know what? Again, it's for a week, and I'm sure the players will adapt and then move on to the next week uh, across the pond, I'm sure. So anyway, that all aside, it should be quite an interesting test of golf, and a lot of players – Atop the odds board out there are playing really well. Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantlay, John Rahm obviously is the hottest player in the world right now. This is the tournament, Bridget, that typically caters to the older guard. Seven of the last 10 open winners were, tw- were 32 or over, and four were in their 40s. So... Obviously, there is something to do with link style golf and the older guard out there. Of course, Phil Mickelson won one toward the back end of his career as it you know began the back end of his career. Of course, he just won the PGA Championship at <laughs> Turnberry at 59. Tom Watson, we know that story back in 2009. So I think it honestly has to come down to putting the driver in the bag hitting irons off the tee, still getting plenty of distance. And then also with age comes experience with link style golf. So that's why the likes of Lee Westwood, Paul Casey, those guys are getting talked about a lot this week. Yeah, sure. Like, you know, the bumps in the fairway, the wind, as you alluded to the, um, the ability to not make expensive mistakes All of those things, I agree with you, come from experience. Um, And just like at at Kiowa, that was kind of my reasoning. I I knew that the the wind or the weather could be unpredictable when you're on the coast like that. I mean, if you want to say that's Lynx style um, in a sense, and I know people were, then, then maybe it's not as astounding that a guy like Phil won. Um... I do think the experience factor, it helps you not compound mistakes, especially at a major championship or or some big event, because that's what kind of, that's what can get you right. Like on a link style course, um, you can make big numbers. So I think that experience is key this week. Um, and maybe not so much like at Royal St. George's, just like in this environment, um, in this sort of, style of play. And I do think that that suits uh, the older, the or I'm not even going to say older. I'll just say like the more veteran player. Relative there. term. Yeah. Like Rory yeah. is a veteran older guy. Sure. Sure. And I mean, he grew up, you know, in, in kind of volatile weather conditions. Right. Um, so yeah, R- Rory absolutely is someone who is one to watch. So there are just seven players who rate out top 30 in strokes gained total at open championships and strokes gained total within the last 36 rounds on tour this year. They are Jordan (laughs) Spieth, Rory McIlroy, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Reed, Stuart Sink, Patrick Cantlay, and Brooks Kepka. It is extremely likely that the winner comes out of one of those seven players. I just okay. think that. I mean, and John Rahm obviously is not on that list because his Open Championship resume leaves a little bit to be desired, Bridget. And obviously, he's the favorite this week. He's 8-1. to one. There is zero value betting on him. But he is the hottest player on the PGA Tour right now. What do we make of Rahm? I mean, do we just hand him the trophy? Or are we thinking maybe 
something uh, like a T20 finish this week, maybe he falls back a bit. I mean, that would be astonishing <laughs> if he won both opens. Um, I know there's been a lot of chatter about him. He definitely is hot right now. I'm not, I'm not going to argue that he's, he's not on my short list this week. Um, and I know that after having Keppa, he's developed like more of a, I, I'm just going to use his word, like a perspective on life. And I know he's not, he doesn't get as frustrated on the course. And, and I understand that that transition has been made. I do feel like the open tests your nerves. <laughs> like it could get on your nerves almost even when you're doing well, right? Especially on this course. Especially. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm going to say any course in the open Rota. They all have their, um, it, it, honestly, it's like the devilish side of golf is, is link style. So for me, I just... Uh, and this is, this is me like making an opinion based on past precedent, which like you shouldn't do, but I just don't see him um, being in contention this week. Look, we talk about it all the time, how random golf can be and how deep the game is these days. It is extremely hard to win two major championships in a season. You know what I mean? So Going back to 2010, there's been no repeat champion. In fact, 2009, if you want to extend it a little bit. So the task for John Rahm this week is obviously going to be very difficult. So we'll see what happens there. He is among Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Bryson, Victor Hovland, and Cantlay, who do not have a top 10 at the Open Championship. Of course, wow. Rahm played pretty well, Bridget, last week at the Scottish Open. So sure. we'll see if he can carry that momentum into this week let's talk Bryson real quick here because he's sort of a curious case in terms of link style golf I'm not going to sugarcoat it he's not very good at link style golf at least the previous version of Bryson was not (laughs) so I guess I'm leading into your discussion here Bridget but let me just say that his resume is not good two missed cuts in three appearances the other made cut was uh like a t51 or something like that He has a very high ball flight. We're talking about undulating fairways and very rarely do you get a flat lie at Royal St. George's, similarly to Augusta National where Bryson has struggled. So I'll give the floor to you, Bridget, but I am off Bryson this week. I don't think his recent form is very good. His iron game is not there since the US Open victory in 2020. Bryson has zero top tens in majors. (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. So he also has a new caddy on the bag. <laughs> yeah, let's throw that in there too. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, but I did listen to Bryson in his uh, pre-championship press conference. And he seems just very happy. He seems comfortable. Um, I think that like using irons off the tee might be like his play, which is crazy because we all think of Bryson as like the bomber of the ball. Um, And I do think that there's probably going to be certain holes that he can go after, but the others that he can't, I think he really plays those judiciously. I think that he, I think that Bryson is very, very smart. And I know that like jokes are made about this, the smartness factor, but I do think he is calculated. And I think that he is calculated because that's what works for him. 
So I think that like, this is the first time he's kind of taking his length to, to links golf. Right. Right. Um, and obviously I think that we were all sort of shocked about how that length got him <laughs> at certain advantages, but I just, I think he's going to play this game totally different. I think his approach is going to be coming in as like, he's with this new caddy. I think it is, his name's Brian, right? Brian Ziglier or something. Um, it's like, he's going to have this new way of attacking a golf course because he's with this, this new person. I think that, again, I don't think he's like throwing this guy into the deep end. I think that Bryson kind of knows what he's doing. Like, I, I don't know how much help Bryson really needs. I know that it is a team, a caddy and a player, they're a team. Nobody does it alone. It, it, it's, it's a very much a team effort, but I think that Bryson, again, Bryson is calculated, right? Like he wouldn't have made this decision. It was a mutual thing between him and Tim Tucker. Like this wouldn't have happened at this time if it, if it didn't go in line with what Bryson was planning. So I don't know. It, it's a new Bryson. It's a bigger Bryson. Um, although I do think he's, he's slimmed down he's a bit. Slimmed out a bit. Yeah. Um, he played well in the Walker cup, like over there, that was 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe the conditions were a little more favorable than, you know, not as windy. Uh, I, I do think wind is going to be a factor uh, this week. So obviously things, um, well, I, I just feel like that just puts everything in the air. Golf is already so hard to predict. And then when you bring in the unpredictable weather element, it's just like, okay, there's really no point. Like, let, let's just watch how it plays out. But I know that Bryson loves links. So I don't know. I, I'm not off the Bryson train. I'm like fully on. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe you're going to pick him this week. I don't know. Sounds like you might. After all of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So the guy who is getting a lot of buzz this week, his name is Jordan Spieth. And he has consistently been one of the best players in the world going back to the beginning of the calendar year. He's been so good at open championships and he's the only golfer who ranks top 10 in strokes gained approach and strokes gained around the green within the last six months. He's the only one. So I think all signs point to Spieth to win this week, aside from one other guy who I am picking actually to win, but he's <laughs> second on my list, Bridget. I think he is set up perfectly to perform well. Par 70 course, Link style golf. It's not going to be about the stats this week, folks, and the ball striking. It's going to be about minimizing mistakes, getting out of those bunkers, saving yourself around the green. That's how I feel this week will go rather than a Ben Hogan ball striking fest from Justin Thomas and Colin Morikawa. I think the artists are going to play well this week. Okay. So now this is a topic I feel totally comfortable talking about. I feel Perfect. like I've been a little off my game this whole pod. Jordan Spieth is someplace I'm very comfortable. He has never missed a cut in his seven trips over here. Mm -hmm. like that That's insane. First of all, I think that he is the type of player that you hear, like I'm trending, I'm building, things are progressing. And they really are. When he says that they are, they really do. Yeah, maybe they take some time, but he's never lied to us. Like, he's literally never lied to us. And his game is building and building and building and building. Um, I think that he's, like, 
one of the most kind of like old school Americans who can play really well at the British, right? Like he, he contends, he's like, he has that vibe of like, he's the U S guy on foreign soil, but all the foreigners love him. It's like, he has fans that just, you like, you have to root for speed. And I think that really does him service um, across the pond. I just think that he's had a resurgence this year. And I think it would be amazing if he capped it off with this win. Um, I am not picking Jordan this week, but I would be more happy to see Jordan win, or uh, I guess another Claret Jug, mm-hmm. um, than who I am picking. <laughs> She's always the feel good story, of course. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every week I'm like, you know, I am going to pick this player, but I really would love to see Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth win. (laughs) That's just, that's every week. Almost a two-time winner on tour this year. Just barely lost to Jason Kokrak at Colonial. So, I mean, riding some serious momentum, even after that win at the Valero Texas Open, it was still all gas, no brakes for this guy. So I think he's going to play well this week, 100%. One guy who somehow got to number one in the world again and (laughs) isn't playing very well is Dustin Johnson. Mm -hmm. So his open resume of late is not all that enticing. I know he finished runner-up in 2011 at Royal St. George's, but that was a long time ago, obviously. He owns five rounds of 75 or higher at the Open since 2015. Only two other golfers have more than that in that span. Shout out to Justin Ray for that. So what's going on with Dustin here? I mean, he's another guy I'm going to fade this week. I'm off Bryson. I'm off Dustin. You got to take a stand on these guys at the top of the board. Not everybody can finish inside the top 15. So for DJ, I think I'm out. I don't see Dustin Johnson winning the open this week, but then again, I feel like that's when Dustin Johnson wins when not all the time, obviously when he's really playing well, he's unbeatable. I think that that's not an arguable fact. I think that if, if all facets of his game as is Rory McIlroy, um, if all factors are firing on all cylinders and i think that they're kind of unbeatable um comparison yeah they can pop out of nowhere absolutely so for me when he when dustin is sort of flying under the radar is when i think he's the most dangerous um so i don't know i i kind of haven't had him really in my repertoire of people i'm looking at um i i don't ever think that Dustin is worried about his game. And I think that's probably one of his, there's my dog, everyone that's Dexter. Um, But I think that that's probably one of Dustin's like biggest assets. Yeah. I mean, remember when he shot 80 and then won the travelers? I mean, we've talked about that scenario many of times. So I think Dustin Johnson can certainly pop out of nowhere. But like I said, you got to sort of, teeter on one side or the other with these guys at the top of the board and so i'm going negative on dj this week but obviously would not be stunned to see him hoist another major championship trophy anybody else who i haven't mentioned bridget who you want to touch on this week so i know that he's not really on people's radar but he's always on my radar justin rose Mm. I just always think that he is, 
he's like honestly one of my my favorite players i i don't think he's given enough credit enough and sure maybe like performance in, is indicative of that and i understand he's getting older and he's someone we're talking about like kind of the older gents who who might get it done i don't know he he's for sure someone i'm going to be watching closely this week most top tens in majors since January of 2018. Rose has six of them. He's behind McElroy, DJ, Xander, Rom, Brooks, and Finau. So, I mean, for some oh, reason, wow. Rose just pops at major championships, even when, like, the ball striking isn't there or the off-the-tee game isn't there. He's riding a hot putter and a good short game. But you know what, Bridget, like I said, this is a week to throw out the micro stats. Get macro. Look at the Open Championship resume. Look at the recent form. And Rose sort of fits the mold. I'll be honest with you. It does. For me, it's always shocking to everyone that he contends at Augusta. And I'm like, he always contends at Augusta. I'm like, wait, this isn't a shocker at all. And for me, I mean, he's an English guy. This is like a comfortable place. While we're talking about English gentlemen, mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of that that kind of feels like this is home to them you know what i mean like and that is a big thing i feel for foreign players like even the food like the the certain cereal or something all those little things like they kind of add up like they're not going to change your game obviously like it's just a tiny little factor but it sure as heck isn't going to do anything negative you know it's like those those little it factors where we talk about how there's a lot of luck involved. And I think just like certain little things maybe make you feel a little more relaxed or a little more comfortable. And, and he knows for sure how to perform on a, a big stage. Yeah, I do like Rose this week. I also like Fitzpatrick and Fleetwood, two other Englishmen. I think they can play well this week as well. Fitzy actually runner up at the Scottish Open last week. So they have that grind it out mentality that I think will suit them well this the week. At at the British. What's that? The Brits at the British. There you go. <laughs> exactly. By the way, no English winner at the Open Championship since 1992, Sir Nick Faldo. So it has been some time, but there's plenty of talent this week. Westwood could get it done. Ian sure. Poulter played well last week. Bridget, Poulter, so. he did. And he, you know, Ryder Cup is coming. Like mm -hmm. he wants to perform. Poulter, watch out for Ian Poulter. I mean, I feel like that would be a, such a cool story. He's he's getting up there. He's a little older. Is he going to get it done? Might as well be at the British. That'd be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And his Open Championship resume has improved rapidly. It used to be really bad, but... He actually has some good performances, so we'll see what happens there. All right, let's get to our picks this week for the Open Championship. Recapping last week, both of our picks missed the cut. Brian Harmon, Doc Redmond, so we remain unchanged in terms of our money tally. Bridget remains $2 million ahead of me. Bridget, I will give it to you who you have this week. So I'm someone who I thought would have already been a major winner, this year, this season, um, this year and this season, since we have so many majors, right. um, he didn't get it done at Tory. I, 
I was rooting for him for sure. I think I've spoke about this after we talked about John Rahm's victory. John Rahm, awesome winner. But I also think an awesome winner would have been Louis Oosthuizen. He finished runner-up at both the PGA and at Torrey at the U.S. Open. It would be fitting um, for him to get it done. Like, he deserves it. I think he was T26 at the Masters. So it's like he's played really well uh, in the past um, three majors this, this season. And I think that he is the type of player where getting so close to success, like that runner-up finish, it it doesn't do anything, you know? Like, okay, he, he, he finished runner-up, like, let's move on, on to the next. Like, he's someone who could definitely self-deprecate. Everyone, I think, saw that video of him on his plane, like, basically singing about how many times he's come so close. Like, he he has good fun with it. Right. And that type of mentality I think is, is only going to do you good. Um, so I think, I think he gets it done this week. I think he really goes like lights out, puts its head down. He's won the open before. Why not make it two? Yep. Winner back in 2010 at St. Andrews. You have to go back nine major championships for the last time. Ustazen was outside the top 33. Wow. major so he is mr consistent i like it all right this week i am going with rory mcelroy <laughs> and i am throwing out the missed cut in 2019 because there was a lot of hometown pressure for him to win that week at royal port rush before that he was second fourth fifth and of course he won in 2014 at royal liverpool so he has the open championship resume he's a top five iron player in this field one earlier this year at the Wells Fargo Championship. I think it all sets up pretty well for McElroy to pop out here and win. He missed the cut last week at the Scottish Open. And you know what? That's a good thing because historically, he has been very good after missed cuts. I think there was a Justin Ray stat about that one. So I'm going Roars this week to get it done. Yet another major championship for him. Can you believe we have to go back to 2014 for his last major? It's wild. He's actually the highest ranked player in the field this week to have won the Claret Jug. There you go. So I love that pick. I also think it's hysterical how um, you, Mr. Statsman, <laughs> you were like, yeah, well, we're just going to throw out the bad stat. We're going to focus on the good ones. <laughs> that's, that's all that matters. <laughs> well, you know, I am putting a heavy emphasis on open championship performance, and he is third in strokes gain total at the open within the last five years. So, you know, there is a macro stat for you guys, but I'm not looking at proximity from 125 out or something like that. That's what I do. It's good. It's good. I would like to say if I ever want to throw out a stat in the future, I, I get that ability now. Uh, and then we'll be even. Well, judging by your performance so far <laughs> and your tally, you don't need to do anything in the stat category. So oh, you're just fine. Stat based at all. Um, I, I really love you picking Rory. I would love to see Rory win, uh, you picking him or not. That is someone else. You could put him in the bucket with uh, JT and, and Jordan. Just that's like a feel good to see those guys win. It's just, it makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. You know, Bridget, I would not be surprised to see Rory and Spieth in that final pairing on Sunday. I uh, really wouldn't. What a dream. What a dream that would be. Yep. And maybe JT and Xander right behind them. Who knows? 
So Xander, Xander's not someone we talked about. I no. do. I do like Xander on links. I think that Xander, again, he, he's like the younger Louie, right? Like, like does really well in majors, um, is always kind of in the mix, even if it's like a two, a Tuesday. Wow. A second round. Um, I think that he's someone I always sort of look for in the majors, sort of at the top of the leaderboard. So I like him at this course as well. Set your alarms, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Open Championship commencing, I believe, around 2 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday morning. So if you guys want to get up for that, feel free. I will not be doing that. I will be sleeping until 6.30 or something like that. But to each his own, it should be a fun week of golf, Bridget. And we'll recap it all next week. Yeah, that might be a little pre-coffee golf. I yeah. also... That's Gotta love pre-coffee golf if you want to go for the Red Bull, have at it. But it should be a fantastic week, ladies and gentlemen. Bridget and I will have it all for you next week with the full recap of the Open Championship. And then, of course, look ahead to the FedEx Cup playoffs because that will be the next big event on the docket. So that's going to do it. This edition of the Tiger Woods podcast is presented by Bet Online. We thank you for tuning in. For Bridget Whalen, I am Cam Rogers. We'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the Open. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 